All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything more. Hello, Marvelites, and welcome back to This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all things Marvel. Comics, games, movies, TV, fond farewells, as this week I, Ben Morse, uh, director, editorial director of digital media here at Marvel, am not joined by H&M. Uh, we once again have intern Josh in his final episode of This Week in Marvel. Yep, it's a sad day. Sad day for who? For me. And for the world. And for Marvel. For the fans. And Stan. What? Well, yeah, Stan is, uh, he's been, he's just, we can't even reach him right now. He's so devastated. Have you, have you spoken to Stan? Uh, yeah, we've been, uh, I am in back and forth. Oh, Snapchatting is what the kids do yeah, these days. That's yeah. what you're a kid. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what, what I meant. Do. But, uh, but seriously, let me just say thank you, uh, Ben and Ryan, who's not here. Um, I'll never hear this. For letting me, uh. You know, be on the podcast and just be a part of this. This is really fun. So it was thank our, you. It was our pleasure, Josh. You did a great job as intern. What do you? What did you? What, what is your most important lesson you learned during your internship? Um, I don't know. Never. I don't know. Never get on the wrong side of Blake Garris. Yeah, no, that's a good lesson to learn. Yeah. Unfortunately, he only has one side. Oh no, and it's the wrong side. <laughs> um, but we got some stuff to do today. We're going to celebrate by uh, talking about all the comics that came out this week. We're going to get into the news. We're going to throw it to the West Coast. We're going to get you guys questions and comments like we do every week. And we're going to start things off with A Force number nine, written by Kelly Thompson, whose work I'm really enjoying. Uh, beautiful art by Paulo Sequeira and color art by Rachelle Rosenberg. This is a Civil War II tie-in. When we last left our heroes, they were in the town of Ore, Colorado, where it's been predicted by Ulysses that Nico is going to kill somebody. So Captain Marvel, Medusa, showed up to try to stop her. Dazzler and Singularity also show up to try to mend fences. I like it. It's it's realistic uh, debate in this book. The ladies get in arguments that you would probably have, and um, if you were dealing with an issue such as this, Nico makes a good case. Captain Marvel makes a good case. Elsa Bloodstone's there. She swears a lot. It's funny. Uh, Kelly Thompson writes a great Elsa Bloodstone. Singularity is just adorable. And then the big thing, the threat that is hanging over this town is that people keep turning into these giant bug monsters. So after a particularly kind of poignant moment between Medusa and Dazzler that I really enjoyed um, – a bug monster breaks in and attacks the team. Meanwhile, elsewhere, Elsa Bloodstone, Captain Marvel, and Nico are trying to search for this woman who Nico's supposedly supposed to kill. Captain Marvel wants to keep Nico close so she doesn't kill this girl. There's a big twist involving the girl. And then there's a second big twist involving Elsa Bloodstone that leads into next issue. I just hate it when people turn into bug monsters. Dude, I didn't say what the big twist was because we don't want to spoil the fans. I don't. Know, I didn't even read the book. You didn't even read the book. I thought uh, you said people were turning to bug monsters. Oh yeah. All right. That's that's all. Then there's no <laughs> big twist about bug monsters. Yeah. But I, yes. No. I am with you, Josh. It's no bueno when people are turning into bug monsters. It's inconvenient. Yes. Uh, they can't fit in cars. 
Um, they they eat different stuff. It's like your you, skeleton comes on the outside. Skeleton comes on the outside. I mean, if you tried going out to eat with a bug monster, forget the gluten allergy and the <laughs> lactose allergy. They just they eat all sorts of weird stuff. So, I'm with you. Yeah, well put. All right, moving on to All New and Humans number eleven, written by James Asmus, art by Roald Marcellus Marcellius, and colors by. Andres Mosa. And that is the final issue of All New and Humans. The yes. big finish. Yes, and uh, we see a lot going on in this issue. Um, first off, we start off with a big rescue of a raft full of mutants from the Terrigen Mists yes. in the beginning. Um, Guest appearance by Frenzy. Always yes. cool to see. Um, and she's going to tow the raft to safety. Um, and uh, Crystal shows up to give her, give her a hand. Uh, and we're back at the uh, All New and Humans base. Um, where Crystal's daughter shows up yes, Luna. from boarding school. Yeah, what's she doing there? Um, we have some good repartee. I mean, Crystal, uh, sister of Medusa, queen of the Inhumans, um, is kind of being torn in all different directions. We're seeing Gorgon and his son. Um, Panacea, you know, is offering to heal uh, both Gorgon and his son, who mm-hmm. is kind of in stasis in a tube full of water. Yep. Well, uh, we don't know if it's water, life some gel. sort of fluid. Yes. Yes. Um, and then, you know, a little surprise at the end, a little nice surprise at the end. Uh, it's Crystal's birthday. Yeah. And the, she didn't even know. Yeah. And the Inhumans show up. Medusa shows up. Lockjaw shows up, transports everyone there. Mm-hmm. It's real nice to get a nice cu- panel of him licking some ice cream. Yep. That was cute. Um, just a really nice issue. Um, feel and, good issue. Yeah. Yeah. Some good things are happening. So, so. Like, good vibes over in all new Inhumans. You guys, of course, longtime listeners of the podcast know that I hate Crystal. <laughs> she is my least favorite character in the history of the Marvel Universe. But much as Ryan Panagos has been forced as of late to enjoy quality Gambit comics, I liked the work that James Asmussen Company did on All New Inhumans, redeeming Crystal at least partially. Why do you not like her? Oh, it's a whole thing, man. When I was a kid, she was married to Quicksilver, oh. but she was cheating on him with the Black Knight. And I just thought it was scummy. Wow. And then I looked back, and she had actually already cheated on Quicksilver before, back before I read comics. She split up her relationship with Johnny Storm. It's a whole thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's the worst. <laughs> she's the worst. Uh, not the worst. In fact, I'd say among the best is all-new X-Men number 13, written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Mark Bagley, inks by Andrew Hennessy, colors by Nolan Woodard, Edie... Evan and Bobby Drake go out to a bar in Miami, Florida. The point of this excursion is that Bobby Drake, recently coming to grips with his sexuality, is going to try to pick up some cute boys. Uh, That's what most of this book is about. It's literally a comic about Iceman hitting on guys in the most awkward fashion. It's really endearing. Um, There's some deep personal stuff going on with Evan and with Edie, but Dennis Hopeless just captures perfectly the awkwardness and the overwhelmingness of being a young person looking for love, particularly when you're not familiar with, um, it's, it's unfamiliar. He's, you know, always flirted with girls and now he's flirting with guys and he's trying to be his true self. Uh, and a bug monster attack, another bug monster. Bug monsters are rampant this week. A bug monster interrupts a nice moment that Bobby's having with this boy. Then the all new and humans we were just talking about, they show up. And what do they have to do with everything? Um, well, by the end of the the end of the episode, we see that Bobby at least gets some digits, so he's happy, and uh, we'll see what happens next. 
This podcast brought to you by Bug Monsters. Yes, Bug Monsters everywhere. Not in uh, Black Panther number six, actually, which is written by Tanahasi Coates, art by Chris Sprouse, uh, gorgeous designs by Danny Medi- um, by Manny Medeiros, who designs like the uh, the uh, recap page and everything. But yeah, this is gorgeous. Inks by Carl Story, colors by Laura Martin. Uh, we're recovering from everything that's been going on with T'Challa. Uh, he now knows that he's fighting Ezekiel Sane, which is going to help him. The Dora Milaje are fighting the Hetu Zarze. I'm probably saying that wrong, but they're basically the uh, the dogs of war attack the Dora Milaje. Um, so there's it, it's civil war within Wakanda, within the different factions. Some of these dissidents who are going against T'Challa show up and uh, they make an alliance with the Dormelage. Solid talks, talks to Ch- Tony Stark, and I love the way ta writes Tony Stark. It's fantastic. T'Challa uses some tech from an old Black Panther series, showing that he's paying attention to this. Shuri is still on her her kind of uh, walkabout through the land of the dead, and she gets to hear a story from the creature that is accompanying her. Black Panther gets some action, so it's not all T'Challa you know, sitting around doing diplomacy and whatnot. There is some action in this issue for sure. Another set of villains show up. And then the big thing, T'Challa calls in the reinforcements. And the reinforcements are awesome. Civil War II, Amazing Spider-Man number four. It's the final battle between Spidey and Clash. It's written by Christos Gage. Art by Travel Foreman. Colors by Rain Barreto. Uh, Clash is letting loose with his powers. Spidey is trying to convince him that this doesn't need to be the way Clayton needs to go down. He can uh, redeem himself. The robot master steps in. He's got a mat on for both guys. This travel foreman art is just phenomenal. And Travel's going to be working on the upcoming Ultimate Squared book. I can't wait to see what he does there. Uh, But he draws a mean Spider-Man. We go back to Parker Industries where Peter kind of has a debrief with Ulysses, you know, Explains how everything with Clash went down. He feels a little guilty. He feels like maybe it doesn't. Hey, he's not using his powers right. Peter Parker gives him a pep talk, and Spider-Man has a talk with Captain Marvel, where he essentially says, "Look, if you're going to do this, you got to do it right." This predictive justice stuff. So Spider-Man is clearly on Captain Marvel's side, but is determined to be kind of her Jiminy Cricket as well. Uh, and unfortunately, the stuff with Clash does not end maybe how you wanted to. This is going to be have a major effect. Uh, as we go forward in the Spider-Man mythos, because Clash is now back on the side of evil, and it was really sad to see, and you know, hopefully we'll get him back someday. A real shame. Uh, speaking of Civil War II, uh, we have Gods of War number four, which is a tie-in to Civil War II, written by Dan Abnett, art by Emilio Liso, Liso and colors by Guru EFX. Oop. Uh, and uh, as we open on Tiresias the Oracle uh, recording a video for the, all the other heroes, who are, kind of acknowledges that you know they're. Yeah, I know you're busy right now with the other with Civil War too, but Just that whole Civil War two thing. Yeah, I mean he's like if I had this kind of if, they, if we had these oracles in like high school when we were doing Shakespeare and the other ones, the other it wouldn't ones wouldn't be so it wouldn't be so boring. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So he's basically saying you know if you're watching this, we basically failed in taking down the rising storm uh which is kind of this new threat of new gods basically new gods. of the new era um to find out what they represent in this issue which is kind of cool and yeah. at the same time kind of haunting yeah if you've ever read uh neil gaiman's american gods very very similar uh and which was awesome 
Um, and we kind of get the battle between Hercules and his band of heroes and gods against these new gods. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of cool action fight action sequences. And uh, by the end, uh, basically, we get another like little recap by Tiresias, um, giving us giving us a little recap, and he's saying bye. Saying bye. All right. <laughs> Civil War Two, Ulysses number two, written by Al Ewing, layouts by Carl Kiesel, art by Hefte Paolo, colors by Nick Filardi. I believe this was originally an Infinite comic. It's now being collected in print. You should, of course, try to read both. Ulysses is training with Karnak when he has a crazy vision of something that's going to happen uh, in, I think, Seattle? Yes. No. Oregon. Portland. So there's a disaster that's going to be going on in Oregon. Uh, This just kind of shows up, breaks down how Ulysses' powers work. Again, artistically, it's a very cool experimental thing that if you read the Infinite comic, you can really see the full impact of Karnak is being very frustrating to Ulysses. He's not saying he's going to help him. He is trying to impact upon Ulysses how little everything matters, if that makes sense. Uh, Karnak is trying to say, you know, I don't matter. You don't matter. These people don't matter. He's trying to get Ulysses to learn a lesson. What that lesson is, is not quite clear yet. But even though he leaves Ulysses in the tower, Karnak journeys to Oregon where he is going to do something. We're not sure what yet. Don't know if he's just going to watch. The super gross tongue is in this issue and she is licking all over Ulysses. And um, we don't know. We, We know that Karnak is in the vicinity of the disaster that Ulysses foresaw, but we don't know what kind of action he's going to take. Civil War II keeps rolling along right into Deadpool number 18, written by Jerry Dugan. Pencils by Mike Hawthorne and Brian Level. Inks by Terry Pallett. Colors by Jordi Valera and Rachel Rosenberg. Deadpool is not having a good day. <laughs> he went home to cuddle or potentially get some bone zone action with his wife. His wife was already having bone zone action with werewolf Jack Russell. Uh, at the conclusion of our previous issue, Deadpool shot him in the face. Now Deadpool and Shikla are going to get down and dirty and not in the way Deadpool wants. They have a big fight. It tears through all of Monster Metropolis. It's awesome. Shikla is such a badass character. Their relationship is so bizarre, and the fact that Deadpool doesn't fully understand how this marriage works is interesting. Um, And they're kind of growing enmity for one another as they remain somewhat in love is just great. Deadpool... Steps out to try to get his act together after this whole blow up with Shikla. Runs into Rogue, and this is a really cool dynamic. Uh, something happens that we haven't really seen a lot of Deadpool and Rogue outside of Uncanny Avengers, but they kind of bond over something to do with Deadpool's daughter, um, and Deadpool gives Rogue a unique assignment. And all the while, Madcap is scheming, and uh, Deadpool knows that he needs to find Madcap or else his life is going to get even worse. This was a really fun issue. I enjoyed it. Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy number 12 is adapting another great Guardians of the Galaxy episode from Disney SD. It's Crystal Blue Persuasion, written by David McDermott, directed by Jeff Wamster, and adapted by our friend Joe Caramagna. And uh, some more Civil War II tie-ins coming. Uh, Mockingbird number 7, written by Chelsea Kane, pencils by Kate Niemczyk. Inks by Sean Parsons and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. 
And I gotta say, Ben, I realize now why you and Ryan love Mockingbird, Mockingbird so much. Mockingbird is so good, dude. This was an amazing issue. Right? and So smart, so funny. Yeah, I mean, I, the only way I can describe it is by saying, like, if Wes Anderson, like, directed a murder mystery, mm. this would be good call. that movie. Very good call. So, um, we open on, there's a murder on the Diamond Porpoise. Oh, no. Uh, and, Those are words you hate to hear. And Bobby Morse, no relation to Ben Morse. Her brother's name is Ben Morse. Oh, that's funny. I believe it was named after me. <laughs> that's awesome. It was named after me. <laughs> um, so, basically, uh, there's a murder on this cruise ship, uh, a murder of someone who had information about Clint Bar- Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, who had who has just recently killed the Hulk. Mm-hmm. As part of Civil War Two, mm. um, and it's just this, just such creative stuff, like like adding people's drink orders like right next to them, and um, yeah, it's neat little art points. That, yeah, like uh, showing people's different rooms in one in one uh, in one page. It's just a lot. It's just really cool. Um, my words are not doing it justice, but you got to check it out. Um, and by the end, we have a return of a character who we thought was no longer with us. Yep. Twists all over the place in Mockingbird number seven. Also in Old Man Logan number eleven, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Marcelo Maiolo. It's part three of The Last Ronin, The Art of War, and art is appropriate because the art in this issue is bananas. Uh, it's so good. We get Old Man Logan fighting dozens of ninjas, both in the present day and in the future. He frees Lady Deathstrike because he needs an, he needs some sort of help. He needs some sort of cavalry. In the future, he meets this creepy-looking bald dude with glasses who takes off his glasses and does something weird with his glowing eyes. Uh, that doesn't stop Logan from slaughtering this whole crew back in the present. The whole paradox here is that basically these are Logan's enemies from the future, and he shouldn't have met them yet. This is him meeting them thousands of years early, or hundreds of years early, and yet they still know him. And the mystery of how they know him is something we're slowly getting towards. There's blood everywhere, uh, there is claws used aplenty, sword play, and a mysterious uh, gentleman shows up on the last page. Now we pop back over into Civil War II for Rocket Raccoon and Groot number 9. Uh, this was written by Nick Kosher. Uh, art by Michael Walsh, colors by Michael Garland, and holy crap, it's part two of the Bad Southern Pun trilogy, Gone with the Gwend, and it is hysterical. <laughs> this is the funniest comic I have read in a long time. Gwenpool is guest starring, Rocket Raccoon and Groot are trying to track down this inter- this interstellar fugitive, Chammy. Uh, Gwenpool is doing the same. Not quite sure why. Rocket Raccoon walks in through a doggy door. He gets kicked into a real door by Gwenpool. They uh, they go get ice cream because Gwenpool is not lactose intolerant in this universe. There is a creepier alien who comes to meet up with Chammy and is uh, not not a friendly sort. There's stuff going on with Chammy and his his girlfriend who discovers he's an alien. Uh, there's a great fight scene. There is Chammy trying to hurt himself, but the alien won't allow it. He pulls out the information he needs, then he pukes, because that's what he does. Uh, bad stuff happens to Groot. There's an explosion. Gwen points out how it conveniently only blew up the non-R-rated parts, or only blew up, yeah, the non-R-rated parts of her costume, and uses this as evidence that they're in a comic. There's some really sweet stuff with Cammy and his girlfriend, and I... You know what? When you were saying you weren't doing justice with your words from Mockingbird, that's how <laughs> I feel about Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Michael Walsh's art is just so fun. Uh, 
There's so many little Easter eggs. It's just, it, it just, it's a riot. The whole thing is a riot, and it's a great comic, and you guys should definitely, definitely read it. Over in Scarlet Witch number 10, written by James Robinson, art by Keizama, and colors by Ian Herring, Scarlet Witch has journeyed to Kyoto, Japan, to investigate a mystery, uh, the death of Hiroshi Tanaka, also known as the Aoi, the Aoi Master. Uh, he is dead. He's reincarnated as a fox. That's something only we know as he continues to follow Scarlet Witch. It's basically another murder mystery, um, but done completely different. Even you know, Mockingbird had their murder mystery. This is more of a mystical murder mystery with Scarlet Witch visiting all of the acquaintances. Uh, there's a cool bit where she interviews one of his villains, and the conceit of how the villain gives her a clue is very, very cool. She has to fight a gross-looking demon who is super creepy, and uh, the artist on this... Um, Kei Zama did a great job designing this horrible Japanese demon who she has to battle. And by the end, Scarlet Witch kind of sets things right. Um, but there's the story's not over for the deceased, and the story is definitely not over for Scarlet Witch, who is going to go to Wondagore next month. Yeah, and I love the the cover, the uh, like ancient Japanese uh, art style. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's David really Ahan co colors uh, covers. Covers and colors. David Alpha did it all, and it looks great. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Uh, moving on to Spider-Man number eight, yet another Civil War II tie-in. Uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, colors by Marty Garcia, and art by Nico Leon. And we pick up where we left off last issue, where Miles Morales uh, is confronted by oh, a so real good. power couple, uh, Power Man <laughs> and Jessica Jones. There you go. I don't know if he likes to be called Power Man. Luke Cage. Also goes by Luke Cage. Yes. So they basically confront him, and Jessica Jones is like, all right, your grandmother hired me to look into you. Um, and she's basically telling him that he's doing a really lousy job keeping his secret identity She was able secret. to find his secret identity pretty quickly, yeah. and she's pretty sure others are going to be able to do the same. Yeah, like two hours. That's, that's, all, that's all it took. It's no good. So... It's basically like, oh, all right. My secret identity is way safer than that. <laughs> and then we kind of... You didn't even know I had a secret identity, did you? No, I don't think I've ever seen you and Ryan in the same room at the same time. Yeah, you do every week when we record <laughs> the podcast. You are literally oh, you're sitting right. next to us. You're right. Um, and then we kind of transfer away uh, to kind of a more... Um, we go from lighthearted to a little more maudlin um, when Miles is called, to, uh, called by Tony Stark. And this is kind of a pre-Hulk's murder um, when all the heroes are called together. Uh, Carol, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, and Tony are like, we're going to go uh, confront Bruce. And if we... If, a.k.a. the Hulk. Yes, a.k.a. the Hulk. And if it seems that anything is going to you know, go down, it, we hope he's cured. But if he's not, we, we're going to need your help. Um, so we're bringing in basically every hero as backup, including Miles Morales. Yeah, and we had that great—I forget what issue it was of the main Civil War II series of just that last panel yep. when Bruce comes out and sees all the heroes. Um, so we're kind of seeing that from a different point of view, kind of from the younger we're, we're heroes. We're walking in, in between the raindrops of Civil War II here. Yes, is what we're doing. yeah, and we're kind of seeing it from like a younger standpoint. We have Miles, we have Nova, and we have Miss Marvel, and they're kind of talking about it, and uh, we see— Bruce's murder from the other side, and how these like these are young heroes, mm -hmm. like you know they're not adults, uh, and how they're taking it. And Miss Marvel is kind of you know losing a little bit of uh, I wouldn't say respect, but you know confidence in her, see? yeah, in her in her uh, idol. So it's just interesting to see it from the other side and to see it from a different and a younger vantage point. So 
Um, and we're and kind of, you know, people starting to choose sides. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, not to give short shrift to that, the first half of the issue, that's just Bendis at his best, yeah. writing Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, talking to Miles Morales, just having a conversation. It's funny. It's endearing. It's really good stuff. Also really good stuff, Spider-Man 2099, number 15, written by Peter David, art by Will Sliney, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. It's Civil War 2099, as Spider-Man 2099 has been sent back to his time, 2099, with all these great 2099 characters showing up. We get to find out what Power Pack is up to in the far future. We get more from Strange, Moon Knight, and Daredevil. We track Captain America, who is, of course, been a supporting character in this book. Uh, we see Jake Gallows again. We see a different kind of Nick Fury. We've got the Hulk. We've got Namor. We've got the X-Men. And that was pretty cool for me because I loved X-Men 2099 when I was a kid. So when Bloodhawk, Luna, and Skullfire show up, you better believe I was popping hard. I was very <laughs> excited. There's good fighting in this issue. There's good emotional stuff. Sliney draws the hell out of it. Um, and we find out who the boss of Alchemex is, and it's not who you might expect. It's someone who's going to be a lot more trouble. And that brings us to Star Wars The Force Awakens number four, uh, which is the comic adaptation of the feature film that came out last year. Uh, and we open on uh, Rey finding Luke's old lightsaber in Maz Kamada's uh, tavern. And uh, she sees these visions. Uh, the First Order um, unleashes their uh, super weapon uh, star killer base onto the uh, Republic and uh, we also have the first order showing up at Maz Kamada's uh, we have the epic fight got some a little funny bit with Han and Chewie uh, Kylo Ren shows up takes Rey uh, and Poe Dameron and the people in the X-Wing show up to save the day um, and Finn who is headed on a uh, Ship to the Outer Rim kind of changed his mind when he sees that Ray is in trouble. So, Yep. Good movie, good comic. Yes. Um, we head on over into Unbelievable Gwenpool, number six, written by Christopher Hastings, art by Irene Strichowski, color art by Rochelle Rosenberg. And speaking of Miles Morales doing a terrible job of keeping his identity a secret, Gwenpool knows Miles' secret identity. Of course, she knows it because she comes from a world where Miles is just a comic book character, and she uses that knowledge to try and help Miles, but uh, when she's explaining how she knows who she is, how she knows who he is, uh, it weirds him out a little bit. Nonetheless, they have a team-up. They're tracking down this kid who is trying to set up a bomb in the school. Uh, Spider-Man still has his face all webbed up from last issue where his mask got broken. Uh, Gwenpool shows up and tries to do tries to help in the worst possible way. That puts her and Spider-Man at odds. Uh, they do manage to foil the bomber, but then they have a fight, which Gwen's excited about because, you know, fighting and teaming up is kind of what you do when you're a comic book hero. Gwen ends up in a not-so-great place, but her employees come and bail her out. And next issue, she's got a keep doing what she's doing but as she says the end of the book this isn't fun au contraire Gwen it's very fun for us the readers <laughs> and that brings us to Uncanny Avengers number 14 another Civil War 2 tie-in written by Jerry Duggan art by Ryan Stegman and colors by Richard Eisenhove. 
Um, and we open on Deadpool basically picking Quicksilver up from the hospital. His leg is broken, but it's quickly on the mend. Um, and then we kind of move over to Bruce Banner's funeral. Um, Captain America is talking with Deadpool about, you know, is anything going on? Steve uh, Rogers, Captain America. Yes. We have so many Captains America. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, he's asking if anything's going on with the mutants, and he's like, no, nah, there's nothing to worry about. But actually, uh, Cable, along with some other mutants, such as Sebastian Shaw and Toad and Rogue, break into a government facility because they want to find a cure to the Terrigen mists affecting the mutants. And it turns out that Deadpool was lying to Captain America, mm. and uh, he was, he calls, one of my favorite parts is he calls uh, Ulysses a precog, which is a reference to Minority Report. Mm. Uh, I just thought that was funny. Uh, Captain America shows up, basically uh, there's a big fight between these mutants and Captain America, and by the end he's not happy and disbands the team. Oof. And uh, that's kind of where we... Uh, Head out. And, yeah. yeah. And how are we going to have a comic next month? Who knows? Yeah. But we do. We have more Uncanny Avengers. We've also got Uncanny Inhumans, number 13, written by Charles Soule, art by Carlos Pacheco and Kim Jacinto, who really shines in this issue. Kim Jacinto gets better every time we see their work. Um, inks by Andy Owens and Kim Jacinto, colors by Antonio Fabella. Last issue, Lash blew up a Stark Industries headquarters. So that, uh, and framed Medusa for it. Basically said, I was doing this in Medusa's name. The Ultimates show up. They're going to try to shut the Inhumans down. The Ultimates fight the Inhumans. It was a great fight between Medusa and Black Panther. Meanwhile, back in New Adelan, uh, Black Bolt has shown up. He's kind of standing sentry over Karnak in the throne room. Some of the new humans are trying to decide, what are they going to do if Iron Man shows up? Uh, there's a Maximus play in all of this. Triton is not exactly playing with a full deck. He's helping Maximus out. Medusa convinces the Ultimates to let her try to sort this out on her own. But by the end of the issue, New Adelan is getting attacked by Iron Man armors, and that is bad news for everyone. Uh-oh. Joshua Weiss, what was your twin of the week this week? Gotta go with Mockingbird. Mm, good call. Yeah. Mockingbird, always good. Um, I had two I was considering. Spider-Man number eight was wonderful, really well done with... Uh, the stuff with Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. But I think I'm going to go with Rocket Raccoon and Groot number nine. So we go the two issues that we, our words failed to properly express how much we like. So you yes. guys are going to have to check. That's them. how good they are. That's how good they are. Collections on sale this week. Daredevil Back in Black Volume 2, Supersonic. Marvel Masterworks The Fantastic Four, Volume 18 in hardcover. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3 Declassified. Slipcase hardcover. Of course, getting you guys ready for Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4 debuting next week. Max Ride First Flight, Punisher War Journal by Carl Potts and Jim Lee, Uncanny Avengers Unity Volume 2, The Man Who Fell to Earth, and X-Men Origins Gambit. Freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited this week, we've got All New Inhumans number 5, All New X-Men number 6, Amazing Spider-Man and Silk, The Spider-Fly Effect Infinite Comic number 5, Captain Marvel number 3, Daredevil Punisher, Seventh Circle Infinite Comic number 2, Deadpool and the Mercs for Money number 2, Extraordinary X-Men number 8, Guardians of the Galaxy number 6, Haunted Mansion number 1, Howard the Duck number 5, Infinity Entity number 1, Mighty Thor number 5, Miss Marvel number 5, The Nightcrawler 4-issue limited series from 1985, Old 1970s Power Man and Iron Fist issues number 54 through 70, Red Wolf number 4, Rocket Raccoon and Groot number 3, The Scarlet Witch 1994 limited series, 4 issues of that, 
Spider-Gwen number six, Spider-Man 2099 number eight, Spider-Man Deadpool number three, Ultimate Spider-Man Super Special, which is a cool giant-sized Ultimate Spider-Man special from back in the day, Uncanny Avengers number seven, Vision number five, and Weird World number four. Let's do some news. And now, from Marvel headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News. Okay, guys, in comics news this week, this is, you know, it technically isn't comics, it's technically not games. I'm I'm filing it under its own category. Uh, If you got the iOS 10 update for iPhone this week, you know, there's all sorts of new goodies in iMessage, and one of the things you can do is you can get Marvel stickers from the App Store. Um, you buy those for your iOS, and it is they're super cool. They're a lot of fun. I've been playing with them. I know everyone here at Marvel's playing with them. You guys should play with them, too. They're a good time. Uh, in actual comics news, Monsters Unleashed was announced. We're going to have a lot more details to come on Monsters Unleashed. Uh, it's taking place in 2017. It's going to be a huge, super fun event. What we've said so far is that Cullen Bunn's writing it, and the art is by Adam Kubert, Greg Land, Salvador La Roca, Steve McNiven, and Lionel Yu, which is an incredible lineup. Of yeah, artists. it's it's going to be awesome. Have you have I shown you art yet? No. Um, right, I have some art I'll yeah, I heard, share with you. I heard your this. interview with Axel, which yes, was really cool. You did um, hear my interview with Axel Cullen. and Cullen, uh, which should be out soon, and uh, yeah, it's some exciting stuff. Yeah. Over in games, Contest of Champions added Rogue this week, and we've got cool stuff going on in Avengers Academy as well. I uh, interview with some of the people who worked on that coming out later this week. All right, guys, we are going to send you over to the West Coast where Strami and Christine have more news and views. Hello, this week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Assistant editor Christine Dunn. For another thrilling installment of the... No, wait, let's try that again. <laughs> We're still working out the kinks. All right, so let's try again. And you are joining us on the Stromstein Steel Wheels Tour. It's my terrible German accent. I'll apologize <laughs> for it every time. Stromstein, in the case you are just joining us, it's off of, you know, Rammstein. The, the German band, you know, we have keine Lust. I thought it was strong. We have keine Lust. And then Christine's the steam. Yes. Oh. But, okay. but it's a riff off of okay. the band Rammstein. <laughs> the reason why Stromstein is funny and why I do it with a German accent <laughs> is they're a German metal band. Um, very famous in, like, the, I don't know, metal I think they had um, one music video on TRL when I used to watch it on MTV in high school. Holy God, I mean, probably. Uh, <laughs> I, I was discovered to them um, by a Lars von Trier movie that we probably shouldn't be talking about on a podcast meant um, to be very PG. You, you pretty know, messed up. You know the one I'm talking about. The one with Charlotte Gainsbourg. Isn't she in all of them? No, it's the it's the two-part one with Charlotte Gainsbourg. Uh, I've never watched any of them, but I think I know what you're talking about. Mm, mm. I love Lars von Trier. Well, that sounded really creepy. You're not you're not here listening to me talk about my love of Lars von Trier. Um, uh, you're here listening to what's going on this week in Marvel. Of course, we are one. Well, as we are recording this, we are one week away from the season four premiere of Marvel's Agents of Shield. This is last time we'll talk to you before we have a new episode of Marvel's Agents of Shield. Um, 
So, of course, next Tuesday, September 20th, new time, 10, 9 central, we have the season four kickoff. Ghost Rider, he comes blazing in like hell's a blazing. I don't think that's a saying. Yeah, like his um, 1969 Dodge Charger. In his 1969 Dodge Charger. Uh, it's awesome. Trust me. If you come into the first episode looking for Ghost Rider, you will get Ghost Rider. <laughs> um, so that's very exciting. You'll finally be able to see some of the stuff. And finally, once that happens, we'll finally be able to start rolling out some of the stuff that I've been cooking for the last long while. I feel like I'm. It feels like the show has been on for so long already. But no, it's it's just I've. It's already consumed my life. <laughs> um, so we have that. Uh, what what did we show off this week? We showed off the first look at Ghost Rider in his full VFX fiery glory. Don't worry, we did not actually light Gabriel Luna's head on fire. <laughs> that was a good side-by-side comparison with the comic book cover. Uh, yeah, it was. I didn't even realize that until I saw... Wait, is, is it the... Or was it the panel? Cover? I think... It's, no, I think it, what it is is it's uh, a side-by-side comparison with the last page of issue 12 of All New Ghost Rider, um, which I didn't even realize until I saw someone post that, and I'm like, oh, damn, that's good. Um, uh, so, yes, you can see him in this full, fiery glory. Um, we also released a new poster for the season, or at least for the first arc of this season, which is... Um, being called, wait for it, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ghost Rider, <laughs> because we want people to watch the show, so we're just <laughs> reminding them as much as possible that Ghost Rider is in it. Um, so that is very exciting. What else? What else? We what had, else did we post? Uh, clip. We had two clips for Luke's Cage. Yes, which Marvel's was really Luke awesome. Cage, you coming saw... only in Netflix in, holy crap, like two weeks? three weeks? Three weeks two yeah. weeks! Wait. Three, two, two, and weeks. Half, two and a half weeks. Well, by the time people are listening yeah. to this, it's right two weeks. Holy crap. I should maybe start <laughs> getting my head off shield space and into Luke Cage space. That yes. looks really awesome. Two clips. So, one one feet. T- tell us about the clips. Well, one guy tried to punch uh, Luke Cage in the face. Yes. And you watch his pretty much his wrist snap through like the skin. It's not, it's not even like his wrist snap. You like, like watch his bones like you out. watch like his his entire hand just turn to jelly. Well, he had it coming. Well, sure, he's a jerk. He's like trying yeah. to rob this nice elderly restaurant. Chinese couple that that's running a, a restaurant. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, it's intense. And then we get to meet uh, Cornell Stokes, played by Mahershala Ali. Pretty terrifying. He's he's not a guy you really want to mess with very much. Um, I've actually <laughs> seen that entire scene uh, that we pulled a clip from. It's it it gets even more intense and crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that great line that everybody wants to be the king when he's framed by the Biggie Smalls mural. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, post uh, painting. Painting something with the crown and. Right, Biggie Smalls. Yeah. That's a that's what they. I, I'm, I'm, and he even I'm not, references them in the clip. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, wait, be, yeah. That's, felt like, a, that's you his know, name, right? Yeah. He's like you. You see the whole. Implicate, implicate. People aren't. People can't see me here. But I'm like the whitest <laughs> white bread guy possible. Okay, so uh, apologies. I'm. I'm just. I'm. I grew up in Minnesota. I have no excuse. But yeah, the music promises to be really great. Um, you know, we have a lot of musical acts. 
or the show, one yes. in each episode. Yes, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think one in each episode. Yeah, and then we have a lot of good, you know, like musical directors for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, music's going to be a huge part of it. Um, it, it will probably be my like opening uh, <laughs> uh, education um, on hip hop. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what, what else we got? What else? Oh, Captain America: Civil War now on uh, Blu-ray. Now on Blu-ray, uh, 3D Blu-ray, DVD, digital HD. What's well, Batman available oh, on digital HD for like a week and a half now? So but you have now, all your options. Now you can get everywhere. So go get. We got tons of awesome special features on it. I think you have to get the Blu-ray or the digital HD editions in order to get like the fully like tricked out special features. Um, but uh, but everything else should have something as well. So we got that out. Um, what what else? We'll, well, by the time you guys listen to this, we'll have a clip from Ultimate Spider-Man, Part 4 of Return of the Spider-Verse. No, no, you have to refer to it by its full title, Christine. Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. Yes. Full title. Return of Spider-Verse, Part 4, Episode 421. Yes. And who's in it? This is the big draw. This is Dove Cameron joining... You know, as Spider-Gwen. I love how you led with Dove Cameron, oh. who, who is like, you know, a Disney Channel star. Oh, yeah, by from Live and Maddie and Descendants. I don't know <laughs> what any of those things mean. <laughs> but, but I love how, like, the big, I think the bigger draw for our audience is Spider-Gwen. And, uh, and Dove Cameron is second. Dove Ca- <laughs> Cameron's the, no, no disrespect to Dove Cameron. I'm, I'm sure I she's, love her. I'm sure she's an amazing actress. I'm just, I, I can't imagine Super darling. I mean, maybe there's some of our audience members like you that watched The Secret Life of Zack and Cody or whatever it was you well, just said. Not in there. I don't know. That's, that's the extent of my... I'm, I'm a terrible millennial, and I'm also just too old to get anything, and I just... I love I'm, the Disney Channel. I'm like, just get off my porch, kids. Um... <laughs> Uh, yes, Spargwin. Uh You're going to try and talk to Mr. Harrison Wilcox mm-hmm. uh, about that, so hopefully you will be hearing more about that coming up. But that is uh, airing Saturday at... Saturday at 8 p.m. Yeah. on Disney XD. All right. Check it out. Um, I think that is everything that we posted so far this week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. We're, we're very organized and professional <laughs> over here, okay? You know what? It, but it's not our fault. We're touring. We're on our Steel Wheels tour, <laughs> which uh, props to anyone who gets the uh, reference that I'm making there. Um, it's a very 80s reference. Not very 80s reference. It's not like, it's, it's a reference from the 80s. I love the 80s. Um, I, I do. Uh <laughs> That's a purpose of nothing. I, uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. All we got. Yeah, I think that's all we got. <laughs> all right. So stay tuned. Hopefully soon you'll be talking, hearing Christine talk with uh, uh, Harrison. We're still working out the kinks in the workflow and everything. So apologies if that falls through. Christine's new. Don't blame her. Blame me. Um <laughs> And then you will be uh, listening to Ryan and Ben talk about, I don't know, whatever the hell those guys in New York talk about. Everything. Comic books or something? Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I'm Mr. Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> that's my new catchphrase. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not where I did it. And this is Mr. Hollywood out. <laughs>
And my fabulous assistant, Velma. That's it. We're no longer the Stramstein show. We're Mr. Hollywood and Velma. Um, so, all right. This is, uh, this is Stramstein out. Hello, Marvelites. This is Christine Den, Marvel.com assistant editor, and I have joining me Harrison Wilcox. And today we're going to be talking about Ultimate Spider Man versus the Sinister Six Return of the Spider Verse Part 4. Yes, that's a mouthful. Yes. Um, so, the cool thing we have in this episode is that it's the animated debut of Spider Gwen. Yes, it is. Played by Dove Cameron. Yes, from the Disney Channel's uh, Live and Maddie and the TV movie Descendants. Yes. Um, can you tell me a lot, uh, anything about this episode? Why did you guys choose this as her animated debut? Well, when Spider-Verse, uh, the first Spider-Verse during season three of Ultimate Spider-Man started airing, that was when Spider-Gwen made her debut in publishing. That's right. And uh, as everyone knows, she blew up and everyone wanted us to do it and there were a lot of questions. And I think I said in an interview back then, uh, I think I hinted that we were going to do Spider-Gwen because at that point we knew we were doing a fourth season. We knew we wanted to go back to the Spider-Verse because we had so much fun doing it and the fan reaction. So we we knew all the way back then it just took us a year and a half, <laughs> two years uh, with boarding and animating and writing and all that stuff to uh, finally get here. Um, and, awesome. Yeah, so we knew we wanted it to end. It, uh, we wanted to end the arc in a really big way. We thought there's no better way than getting Miles home and finding that Spider Gwen had taken over for him, just like he had taken over for Peter Parker. That's awesome. So, how do you feel like the dynamic between all three of them coming together? Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. It was sort of like I was just saying, uh, Miles mm-hmm. was sort of like uh, saw it from the other side. Like when in his reality, Peter Parker died, right. Miles stepped in. And then when Miles disappeared, uh, uh, Spider-Gwen took his place. So it was sort of like this weird deja vu moment <laughs> right. for him. Like like when Peter came to the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. his world in the Spider-Verse season three, Miles sort of went through the same thing that Peter had gone through before. And there was a lot of fun of sort of like, wait a minute, you replaced me? Like how long yeah. was I? gone for and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah which was um the dynamics like just the way they converse with each other is really awesome yeah do you know will we expect more spider Gwen in the future uh i think that uh when you have a character that really pops like that mm-hmm. that uh people will will be always be looking our writers and the, uh new york will always be looking for new ways uh, to use that character. So I can't say anything definitively, but <laughs> if I was betting on it, we will see more Spider-Gwen mm-hmm. uh, in the future of Marvel Animation. This is also the last part of Return of the Spider-Verse. What can uh, fans expect to see after that? Well, uh, for the ones who have been watching all season, early on, Miles ended up trapped in our world. Mm -hmm. When the Siege Perilous shattered into a million pieces, this arc was about collecting all those pieces, putting them back together. Uh, And like I mentioned, the last episode of this arc takes place uh, in Miles' home reality. So the big question is, is this goodbye for Peter Parker and Miles Morales? Is this the end of their story? Uh, or is there still more to tell? You'll have to watch the episode to find right. out. Which is two coming Saturdays or? No, it's in three coming Saturdays. 
Yes, we're taking a little break. Everyone can catch their breath after all the excitement of Spider-Verse. <laughs> and then we'll be back uh, with a brand new arc and seeing, seeing some characters we have not seen for a while on the show. Oh, any hints for all the fans? Uh, not yet. <laughs> just, just enjoy Spider-Verse. Okay. That's awesome. So tune in this Saturday at 8 p.m. Um, at Disney XD. Yes, I gotta say this is a lot smoother without Mark Strom here, <laughs> sort of throwing a wrench into everything. So you talk about like Highlander and everything. Yeah, he likes to try to get me to slip up. This is a lot more professional. If yeah. he's listening, he, well, he, he should get, take notes. He did get some feedback for not knowing Boy Meets World. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, but now I'm stepping in. And I know where Doug Cameron's from, so I think yes. you got to know our audience. <laughs> and she was just awesome. She, as I mentioned before, <laughs> not only sounds the part, but she looks the part. She, she totally does. Like, and she knew the character, and she was completely on board, and there was no catch-up for her when she got in the booth. She was, like, ready to go, yeah. knew how to do it. It's yeah, not always the Instagram, case. I think Instagram, she had one where she was, like, cosplaying. Yeah, she's been posting on her own, so uh, check that out if you're interested. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> Cool. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much. All right, guys, we're back. And uh, by the way, if you're getting those Marvel stickers, you might as well use the Marvel MasterCard to get them. Uh, not might as well. You should use the Marvel MasterCard. You should use Marvel MasterCard for everything. You get great deals on food, on entertainment, you can go to the movies, you can buy comics, you can do it all with the Marvel MasterCard. So if you haven't yet, please visit marvel.com to learn more about the Marvel MasterCard. All right, we only got a few questions and comments from you guys this week, so uh, those of you who aren't replying, please use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel and let us know what's going on. We want to hear from you. Uh, next week we're going to be doing our TwimURC with all-new Ghost Rider, so please read that and use the hashtag TWIMURC. Send your comments for next week. Alan Wilkinson, uh, talking about Avengers Alliance, says, Final Avengers Alliance hero acquired... Uh, and notes that he got Adam Warlock, which I'm currently working on myself. He says, got to admit, this hurts. I think we're all smarting from the end of Avengers Alliance, but enjoy while you can, guys. We've still got a few more weeks left. <laughs> Haywood W. says, last week pick for September 6th was all-new Avengers number 14. It was a cool wasp bonding between Jan and Nadia. Mish, at Hummer Sister, says, at 253 West Coast, be sure to know your audience before you make generalizations that they don't know 90s sitcoms. Kay, thanks. Did you listen to that part? No. All right. That was a shot fired at Strami and Christine. I wonder what sitcom they were talking about. Yeah, who knows? I'm very intrigued. Not intrigued <laughs> enough to ask them, but still. Nick Rockcamp just finished This Week in Marvel 253. Laura and, Gwen switching, Laura and Gwen switching minds equals total callback to when Logan and Peter did it in Ultimate Spider-Man number 66. Uh, yeah, it's also a callback to the movie Freaky Friday. Uh, it's a thing that's been done many times, but it's always a good plot device, so there you go. Penelope Cat, at last, Marvel Unlimited added the 1985 Dave Cockrum Nightcrawler miniseries. Been wanting to read that forever. Very cool. I kind of want to read it, too. <laughs> I didn't know it was Dave Cockrum. That's very exciting. Uh, Simon Seb, Simon Williams. Tomb of the Week for September 7th, Spidey number 10. The upcoming Wasp series is half as good as All New All Different Avengers number 14. It's going to be an awesome comic. Got a lot of love for uh, All New All Different number 14. That's very cool. 
And then comments on something I think you and I said last week, Josh, where he says, you guys are still using paper to read tweets for This Week in Marvel? I thought someone was reading off an iPad by now. <laughs> no, we're very, uh, we're we're very old-fashioned. Old we're old school. Uh, I know Marvel already has Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, but I would love to see Spidey, the comic Spidey, adapted into an animated series. Uh, that would be pretty rad. I would love to see that done as like a web series or something cool. That would be pretty dope. Like I said, that's, uh, that's all we got for this week. So we'll wrap things up a little quick. Josh, what do you have to say to the people? Just uh, thanks for putting up with me. Yeah. <laughs> Famous last words. All right, guys. For Josh, I'm Ben. We are saying thank you. And uh, tune in next week when Ryan will be back and we'll be covering all new Ghost Rider and all sorts of fun stuff. This is Marvel, your universe. 